Yet, he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Again, it, again its will, all creation will be subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look for, forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony in God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Amen. Ronnie, thank you so much for that reading. It's such a great passage and a great verse. Well, good morning. Welcome. Lovely to see you all this morning. My name's Alan. I'm part of the team here at St. Saviour's. And if you're visiting us for the first time, it's lovely to see you. You are so welcome here, as you are if you are watching this online. We've come to the end of this series, Four Things. And the aim of this series is really to equip you so that you can stand strong in your faith as we go through this year. And my goal, my heart, the church's goal, the team is that you would flourish in your faith as you go through this year. So, so far we've looked at that God is with you. He's always with you. Whatever you go through, we've looked at that God loves you unconditionally. You could be assured that whatever you face, whatever mistakes you make this year, that God loves you. And then last week we looked at that God is good. And I'd love to encourage you, if you... If you're touched or struggling with this um, subject of suffering, maybe go and revisit that talk and think about God's goodness, that God is for you. He actually likes you. He likes hanging out with you, and he is good in all his ways. Well, today, as we bring this series to a close, I'd like to ask you this question. And it's a question for each one of us here, whether we're new on faith or we've been a Christian for many, many years. If there was one thing you could change about your relationship with God this year, what would it be? If there's one thing that you could change about your relationship with God this year, what would it be? That probably would look different for each one of us, wouldn't it? Maybe for you it would be more faith or more trust, that you just know how to just trust God more as you go through this year. Maybe it would be boldness, the boldness to live out your faith in your family or your workplace with your neighbours. Maybe it would be that you'd have revelation as you understand the Bible, as you read it, 
that you just um, see the words come alive in front of you. Maybe it would be that you know his presence and his power in your lives. That when you pray for people, you see a difference happen in their lives. Or maybe it would just be that you'd know a sense of God's peace. That you'd have less anxiety or stress as you go throughout 2024. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, as we just come to your word now and we look at these wonderful verses in Romans, we pray that you would speak to each one of us here by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. If there was one thing you could change about your relationship with God this year, what would it be? But Paul's letter to the Romans is often said to be one of the greatest books of the Bible. And Romans chapter 8 is said to be the greatest chapter in the greatest book in the Bible. And verse 28 is meant to be one of the greatest verses and the greatest chapter in the greatest book in the Bible. Verse 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. It's often been said that's the most unbelievable verse in the whole Bible. Someone else said it's one of the greatest promises you'll ever hear from God to you and to me. When I first became a Christian over 20 years ago, I bought a very small book called When Heaven is Silent by a pastor called Ron Dunn. And he writes about this, this verse. And he says this. I've been looking for loopholes in this verse. I've read all the commentaries, compared the translations, studied the sentence, the structure, the definitions in the Greek, in an effort to find something wrong with it. In short, to prove it doesn't really say what it seems to say. St. Paul seems to be saying that if you love God and you're called according to his purpose, all things, not some things or even most things, but all things are working together for your good. The most unbelievable verse in the whole Bible. What this means is that whatever that thing that you want to change in your relationship with God this year, God is at work in your life right now to make it happen. Keep hold of that thing that you would love to change. I had a recent birthday, and my children asked me what I would like for my birthday, and I said, nothing, I'm okay. They said, but Daddy, we know you've been looking at that watch. So I said, yeah, I'd like that new watch. And um, so they bought me a new watch. It wasn't that expensive, but it did come via the bank of Daddy. Um, <laughs> and um, I was I'm very excited, and I love it. It is very special. And um, I, I, I set the time, put it down, came back to it a few days later, and it had stopped. So I had set the time again. A few days later, the saving cabinet stopped again. And I thought, well, this is rubbish. I've brand new watch. The battery's already dead. So I looked at it, and apparently it doesn't take a battery. So I thought, well, maybe it needs to wind up, and there's nowhere to wind it. So I thought, they've sent me a faulty watch. So I was looking on the internet to how to send it back, and it's an automatic watch, and apparently it has no battery, no winder movement, but there's a mechanism inside the watch that as long as you're wearing it, it's working all the time and keeps the time accurately. If you put it to the side and don't use it, the mechanism's not working, it stops. Something about your wrist or something, your actions, you could go swimming with it, you could go running, you could walk around, you could do the cooking. As long as you're wearing it, it's working all the time in the background. Then I looked at this verse that I was meant to be preaching on this morning, and I thought, that's it. What a great image of Romans 8, 28. In the same way, God is almost our spiritual automatic watch. 
right now, if you want this verse to be right for you, it's like you have to do something. There's a conditions. There's something you need to do to keep God working in the background throughout everything you do throughout this year. Everything you say and do, everything someone else says and do, God's promise to you is this, that he is working. And there's three things, three conditions we need to do, our kind of our spiritual watch to make this practical, this promise come alive in our lives. And they're all about Jesus. So the first one is this, be realistic. Be realistic. First slide, please. The NIV Bible probably has the best translation of this verse. Verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. That we know that in all things. That's the first thing. You may have heard the phrase that every cloud has a silver lining or what doesn't kill you will just make you stronger. But that's not what this verse is saying. It's not saying that all things work together and are part of some divine plan. That um, when you suffer, God rubs his hands together and says, this is an awesome opportunity to teach you something. We looked at that last week. Actually, that's not what this verse is saying. This verse acknowledges the reality of brokenness, of evil, of suffering, of pain, of the valleys as well as the mountains. That's why Paul speaks about our present sufferings in verse 18, just before this verse. And in verse 35, he talks about trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword. It's being real about the reality of suffering and pain in the world. And suffering is a reality of living in a broken world where God loves us enough to give us free will and he gives other people free will, which means sometimes we get hurt as well. But it's so easy to doubt and lose faith when we mess up or when we go through a season of suffering. And actually, rather than rubbing his hands together and saying, this is just a great opportunity, as we saw last week, God is good. He actually stands with us in the pain. He weeps with us. He's moved and troubled in spirit in the pain. He stands with you. But the good news is that nothing is ever wasted with God. Jesus always wins. God works in all things, the good and the bad, for your good and for your glory. The mountaintop experiences and the valleys as well. And sometimes it will make sense. We'll look back in life in hindsight and we think, oh, yeah, thank you, Lord, that you shut that door. Thank you so much. But quite often we look back and it's just a mystery. And we say, Lord, I have no idea what was going on in that season. And we won't know until we get to the other side of heaven. But the good news is God is working. Paul is very real in this um, chapter of Romans. He doesn't paint a cozy picture of life. He says we can know for certain, not just we can hope or wishful thinking, that actually you can know that God is working with total security, total certainty. And he says it's because of Jesus. It's because of the cross. Because we know that Jesus gave his life. God gave his one and only son for you and me. That's the proof that God is for you. And when he says that he's working in your life, no matter what happens, you can be certain that that is a reality. That is true. Our role in all of this is just to keep trusting and to know ultimately that everything that happens to us, God wins. My guess is some of us will go through a storm this year. Maybe you've already gone through a storm this year. And when we're in that place, that place of battle and suffering and pain and disappointment and doubt, it's difficult to keep perspective and to see the bigger picture, 
of what might be going on. But God shapes us on the mountaintops and he shapes us in the valleys. Just know that God is at work right now in your situation. Whether you see it or not, God is at work. So the first thing is be realistic. Don't be surprised when the storms come. Be realistic. The second is be transformed. The second condition, the second wearing our spiritual watch all the time. Be transformed. Verse 28. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. He works for our good. We often think this verse is a promise of instant blessing. You know, you lose your job and you're going to get a better job next week or something happens or something amazing is going to come around the corner. But that's not what it's saying. I'm sorry to disappoint you if that's what you thought this verse was saying. Yes, God does want to bless you, but that's not what it's saying. What is the good that St. Paul is speaking of? John Mark Comer, the, the preacher and writer, he says this. God is more interested with your long-term character than your short-term happiness and is more willing to sacrifice one to get to the other. God is always more interested in the type of people we are than the sort of things we do. He's always more interested in transforming us to be the people he's called us to be. Verse 28 is followed by verse 29 which says this, God knew and predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son called us to be conformed to the image of his son. That's what it's all about. God's plan is always this. It's not complicated. In a nutshell, his plan is this, to bring you into a relationship with the Father through the Son and then to transform us to be more like Jesus. That's his plan, to bring us into a relationship with the Father and then to transform our lives that we would look more like Jesus. Last week, we said if you want to see what God looks like the Father, look to Jesus. Jesus is full of grace and compassionate flowing in love and abounding in love and everything we need to know about the Father, we see this person called Jesus. This week, if you want to know what we should look like, look to Jesus. In the same way Jesus represents the Father, he also represents what God's trying to do in us. He's transforming us from glory to glory to be more like Jesus. And we see this repeated again and again throughout the New Testament. God's aim is to make you more like Jesus. And hopefully, that's exciting. Hopefully it doesn't feel, put you on a bit of a down. Hopefully that's exciting. Living a life free from fear, free from anger, free from worry, free from just struggling through life, free from challenges, living a life in freedom. God comes so that we would be free. If the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. And if you're here this morning and you're struggling, then this is good news for you because God's plan is to make you more like Jesus. So you don't have to go through life struggling anymore. His aim is to transform you and me to be like Jesus. I'm always challenged when I think of Jesus and his journey to the cross, and we'll be looking at that soon as we head on to Easter. When Jesus was in the garden, he prayed, didn't he, Father, take this cup away from me. He prayed again and again, Lord, Lord, I don't want to go through this. Would you take this cup away from me? And even on the cross, he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? Why have you deserted me? And his words are so real, honest, and relatable each one of us yet he always says not my will but yours be done Jesus surrenders he surrenders what do you need to surrender to the father this morning what are the dreams or the agendas or the desires that you need to just hand back into 
his hands. Maybe it's a disappointment. Maybe it's something that didn't go the way you hoped. What do you need to just recommit to the Lord and surrender to him? How will you allow God to transform you to be more like Jesus today? The big plan, God is working through the mistakes and the joys to transform you and change your life. Be realistic. Be transformed. And then finally, be devoted. Be devoted. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. The greatest promise in the Bible is reserved for those who love God. The invitation is for everyone, but not everyone accepts the invitation. Only those who have been chosen, those who are willing to commit and to follow Jesus. But it's for those who love God. I want to encourage you this morning, as we go throughout this year, be devoted to Jesus. Keep worshipping, keep praying, keep serving, keep trusting, keep reading scripture, keep having your devotional time. It's not complicated, but it's the greatest commandment. When Jesus was asked, what's the most important commandment above all else? It's to love the Lord your God with your heart, with your soul, with your mind, with your strength. It's about worship, it's about adoration, it's about devotion. How are you going to be devoted to Jesus this year? What are you willing to put in place in your life with all the busyness that we all have so that you can grow in your faith? What might you need to change? It's great to have our, our curate back, Reverend Sophie, to join us back in the team. And she is with our staff meeting on Tuesday. And she shared this lovely sort of um, illustration that as she takes um, her daughter to nursery and comes back from nursery, she puts her headphones in her ears and she spends that time talking to God having conversations with him. And after she spent some time talking to him and praying and just, then she was she's still and she listens and hears what God wants to say to her. Does that every day. She just takes her daughter to nursery. Carving out time to be devoted to God. What might that look like for you? What do you need to put in place for maybe to have a life of adoration and worship and devotion as you go through this year? Last week, I, I shared a, a personal story, and that was really sort of part two. And it, I don't want to make this all about myself, but it feels apt to share sort of part one of that story about my late wife when she was diagnosed with cancer. And she was diagnosed in 2017, and she had surgery, and half her pancreas was taken away. And then we had chemotherapy afterwards to try and mop things up. And in the 2018, in the January, we went to a pastor's retreat, we had the most awesome time ever, just worshipping the Lord, being spoken over prophetically, having some amazing teaching. We had to leave early because we had to get to the consultant in January just to get the final checkup. Um, so we left early and we were just so full of the Spirit and so full of enthusiasm and hope of what God was going to do in our lives and the lives of the church that coming year, 2018. And the consultant, we met with him and he said, um, you only have a few months left to live. I'm really sorry. The cancer's come back, it's aggressive. There's just a few months left. It felt like the, the floor had been taken away from below us. And we were absolutely heartbroken, shocked, confused. When we sort of got over that initial shock and reaction, we decided, we made a sort of a pact of decision that we were going to be devoted to Jesus that year. And we went through that year just worshipping and praying and praising him and lifting him on high and sharing our story with others and getting them to pray for us. And um, she, she didn't 
survived one year, month, two months, or three months. She actually lived the rest of that year and into the following year as well. And we climbed mountains, we went camping, we went to Christian festivals, and we just kept praising the Lord and seeing the Lord's peace and his strength come into our lives. If I'm really honest, hand on my heart, I'd never felt as close to Jesus as I did during that season when we heard the worst news we could ever hear, that we were devoted to Jesus, just kept worshipping and praying and praising and lifting him up. Something about being devoted to Jesus that releases a peace and a strength that doesn't come from us, it comes from him. Something happens when we worship him and lift him up. Three ways to respond. Be realistic. Storms will come. God is with us in the storms. We've looked at that over the last three weeks. He's with us. He loves us. He's good. It's not his plan. He weeps with us. But be realistic. Don't be shaken. Secondly, be transformed. Know that God's plan, his big plan, his aim, is to bring us into a relationship with the Father, to grow that relationship, and to make us more like Jesus. That's his plan. That's the good thing that he's working in all things for our lives, to make us more like Jesus. And then finally, be devoted. Take time aside as you go through 2024 to worship, to praise Jesus, to lift him on high. And this is a promise. It's not a thought. It's not a nice thing to know. It's not a general thing for the church. His promise is this. He will work in all things, the good and the bad, for your good and for his glory. This is promise to you. Paul says you can know this with great certainty because of Jesus. It's very much to come up. If you're able, would you like to stand? And I've no um, particular agenda or wise words or thoughts um, how we're going to do this. But we're going to make some space just for God to speak to us as we come to the end of this series. And maybe one of those themes speaks to you this morning. About God's presence. About actually he loves you and adores you and sings over you. Or maybe about his goodness. Actually in all the mess of chaos, God is good. And maybe the fact that nothing that you go through is ever wasted. But God's working. He's working as we speak now. So we're going to invite the Spirit to come and the band's going to lead us in worship and we're just going to wait and just allow the God to speak to you, your heart, your situation. So come Holy Spirit. Spirit of the living God, we just invite you to be here this morning just to speak to our hearts. Where there is wisdom, we pray, Lord, that you provide that. You give us wisdom and discernment. Where we need just trust and faith to hold on to you, we pray for that this morning. Where we need healing and restoring. Come and be our healer, be our restorer. Come, Holy Spirit. This space is for you. It's not about the person. 
next to you or behind you. As we go into a new week, this is your time, your space, just for you to connect and receive from your Heavenly Father who loves you and adores you. Just receive from him by faith, just by saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, God is good. He wants to bless you. He's got good plans for you. And, but I think there might be just one or two people here this morning that you've been praying for that thing. It might just occur to you that God is so much bigger than that and wants to do so much more than that thing. He's able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. And, and he's asking you to have faith and have imagination of what he's doing in your life right now. Kirsty leads us in worship. We're, a few of us will be at the front. If you'd like prayer for anything, as myself, Sophie, Gillian, Garant's here, just come and find us. And we're, we're here for you, to pray with you, to pray alongside you, to maybe just cement into your hearts what the Lord might be saying. I feel like perhaps someone's struggling with that verse that we were exploring today. Um, that God works for the good of those who love him because you're stuck on goodness that we're looking at last week. I I felt a prompt to share last week and I didn't, so I'm sharing now. Um, A couple of weeks ago, Alan said, God loves you, full stop. And last week he was saying, God is good, full stop. Um, And I wonder if for someone here, it feels like God is good, but, and you're struggling with that full stop and you kind of can't get to the, he works for the good of those who love him because you're stuck on that God is good, but, um, and it's a full stop. And um, we would love to pray for you if that, if that resonates, if that, if you respond to that. And I've had something similar. And I've been sat there thinking, shall I say this? But um, it's the um, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were being thrown into the fiery furnace. Um, they said, "You can do that. We believe God will 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 rescue us." But but even if He doesn't, I'm not going to bow down to the the the. The, um, the idol I am going to be faithful to my God I'm going to sing God's praises and I am going to live my life God's way even if my circumstances don't change and it's that devotion that we need to hold on to as well so we're going to worship the Lord and if you like prayer please just come to the front we'd love to pray for you this morning
time and there were two pictures that came out well one was a, a, a verse from a song and um, break my heart for what breaks yours um, if that's if that's resonating with you and you want to get prayer then please um, do that and then um, somebody else had a picture of earth reaching up to heaven and heaven pressing down and things being crushed and squashed out of the way um, and again if that's something that 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 resonates with you then then please come forward and, and get prayer but thank you Lord thank you that you are our good good father spending time with us. As I was as I was going around the church and saying hello to people at the breakout, Ian was in the in the, the crash with with uh, Freddie. Stanley. Stanley, sorry Ian. Just just saying oh it's so good just to spend time in space. With just you know, sort of Stanley, and I just thought, yeah, that's exactly what God's saying. It's so good, it's so good to spend time with us, and for us to spend time with Him. Thank you, Lord, that this morning You have been present here this morning, and that You've been ministering to our hearts. in this coming week. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us in this coming week. May we know your peace on us that we may bring a blessing to the world around us. May we be your hands and feet, Lord. May we see your kingdom come. In Jesus Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Amen. If you felt God speak to you today and you want prayer, you can contact the church pastoral team on email on pastoral at stsavs.org.